Hey guys, it's Jack and Miles. Uh, just checking in to let you know what you're about to hear. Not a standard episode of the show. These are our uh, year-end, uh, year-end review and holiday-themed episodes. So if you're new to the show, uh, you know you can check back in the catalog uh, for what the normal episodes sound like, uh, and you can listen to this for our thoughts on the year. Uh, and we're back beginning of January with all new episodes. And I can't wait to talk to y'all then. Bye. Hello, the internet, and welcome to this very special year-end edition of Dear Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah, production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> I'm Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. O'Brien's me, O'Brien's me. How lovely are your haunches? Uh, that's something I just made up. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Miles, have yourself a wonderful Christmas, Gray. Uh, whatever that is. People hate that song, but I fuck with it, because it's yeah. so bad. It's like Christmas movies. Yeah. And the I thing. I think yeah. also the delay. That shit also I vibe with just from a production standpoint. So yeah, it's like. definitely like one of the more unique sounding Christmas songs. I think it's just because it's to it. sleigh bells that they're allowing themselves the license to say it's a Christmas song. Yeah, and also yeah. they they pretty they the stay lyrics. pretty on message with the lyrics. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Simply having <laughs> a wonderful Christmas. Oh, it's about Christmas. Okay, <laughs> that was one of those anti-war anthems McCartney yeah. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, who's that saying mm-hmm back mm-hmm. there? Who's that? That oh, you know, is in my our special guest, Mr. DJ Dano. What up? What up? Dano, the red nose gamer. Holler <laughs> at your boy. <laughs> How are those it. blood vessels doing on your nose? Are those healing? not great? I went yeah, to the doctor and he said you need to come back tomorrow. On the like, gym, okay. my friend. You need to come back yesterday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by the hilarious, the talented Soups Produce Anna Hosnier. <laughs> Welcome to Ann Rock. Hi. 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 Oh, what a time. Hi. What a time to be alive, guys. So uh, this is the episode where we just look back at uh, the stories that we missed this Mm. year. Mm. I feel like we didn't miss that many stories because we we do a uh, a daily podcast. (laughs) Um, We missed so many. (laughs) We did. Uh, But we're going to do a, you know, just as a way of approaching it. uh, What were some stories that were overrated this year uh, that maybe even we spent too much time and attention on? Uh, and what were some stories that were underrated this year? Uh, but first I want to start with stories that I can't believe happened this year. Okay. Uh, just because of the, so that Oscars where, uh, Parasite won all the Oscars and Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar and gave a speech about how we're, we we take baby cows away from their mothers. Uh, that, that happened this year. That, that feels to me like. 20 years ago. Um, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Did what a, a time. When did the Oscars... They were like right before we had to shut it all down, yeah, right? Like, and, is it end of February? Wait, I, I'm doing some fact-checking, Jack, and that was actually six years ago. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> so, sorry, but you're incorrect. Let's remove Jack from the show. He's yeah, clearly spreading Jack, disinformation. Sorry, yeah. He's drowning. He's drowning yeah. in time dilation. Uh, Kofefe. Uh, that oh, was no. <laughs> also... 
Yeah, oh, do you geez. think Trump's going to win this election? He's going to be Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> think, I do. Uh, he reset the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like because uh, the Oscars are so much like based around celebrity culture and celebrity worship, and that was something that kind of completely disintegrated uh, this year, that that seems longer ago to me. Um, mm-hmm. For for some reason, specifically the Joaquin Phoenix speech, because that was like based around one celebrity and uh, was an attention-getting thing that I just seems irrelevant and weird now that we ever cared. Um, yeah, celebrity culture definitely took a nosedive in this whole, uh, you know, pandemic. Well, it was easier to like lift celebrities up when you felt that there was still a chance you could also hit it big, whatever mm-hmm. that weird myth, mm-hmm. that dragon people, all of us to a certain extent chase in terms of what our vision is for what our you know, our better future could be. And like, when you get to a point where like your reality is so grim and you're feeling like, man, I don't, none of this shit matters. Like you're, you're hardly going to find comfort in someone who's like, check out my fucking wonderful privilege and wealth. Like, don't you guys like this? And you kind of start being like, what the fuck is this? Which is why I think the, with parasite becoming, you know, best picture, it really did kind of, this has been like a theme throughout the year, like increased class consciousness, uh, is, you know, although it's very gl- at a glacial pace. Yeah, it definitely. Seems yeah, to be a, a theme. I have uh, both of those things in my sort of underrated stories of the year is the dissolution of celebrity. Like looking at magazine stories about celebrities now, or even like late night show interviews with like celebrities at home, it just feels like there's an added layer. Like I was never super into those things. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but like it feels like there's an added layer of like, dissonance to it and irrelevance like that what why do we want to hear from uh sorry to keep bagging on joaquin but uh i uh, like there just any profile of a of a famous person i just feel like why it doesn't doesn't matter anymore and then also like with the corporate media i feel like the the whole early days of covid where all the ads were like now that we're all in this together, well, um, more than ever in these times, like that also felt like a turning point to me in terms of like how we think about corporate culture. Like, I think we were already trending in that direction, but um, yeah, the collective earth was like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one, everyone was like, this is such heavy handed bullshit. Yeah, because they all went to do the same exact move, and that move was to emphasize an empathy and a humanity that just isn't there. And it like transparently isn't there at the core of uh, corporate values. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like it, like I remember after 9-11, like all American media became like a truck commercial for like five Mm. years. And like that, that worked because it was like jumping on the whole, you know, America jingoistic bullshit. But like, I feel like, this was because of the time that it came at and because of i think there's also a sense in which like because we were all like you know 20 to 80 percent more depressed than usual um i've talked before about the study that says people who are depressed actually like are better at perceiving reality sometimes in some cases um or at least have like a more realistic and less like gauzy view of things and like i feel like the way we started viewing celebrity culture uh, and corporate media culture and uh, 
you know, marketing. We, like both felt like we had the had the scales removed from our eyes. Yeah, we've all been celeb pilled. Yeah, a little bit. Up. Well, because I think now it it ushered in the era of like before celebrities were just abstractions. Like these, there's like ghosts who like did fun shit on social media, and you didn't really care much about like their personal lives. It was more like the thing you'd scroll and be like, "Wow, they go to here and travel here and eat this and buy this." And when we start bringing it down to the level of like, wait, we're all humans. And now mm. these people are showing me what their lived like human experiences. And now it's people are being more comparative, like in the critical sense, not the comparative way where they're like, I don't have that. I want that. And now right. I'll be better. I'll str- I will strive for that based on this, you know, mirage I'm feeding myself through the TV and screens or whatever that now it's just, it's gone completely different. And now the comparison's like, man, fuck this person. <laughs> like, like what the fuck they they're going where? right now do they know what the fuck is going on they're like i'm out here like fucking we're i'm splitting wi-fi with five different apartments trying to just like minimize bills collectively other people and then these people are like being like hey we flew everybody out to the secret location or this rooftop party or this blah 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 and i think that's really now where it's it's less of like solidarity uh and more just like it's now we're starting to see the divisions between even fans and like the celebrities i guess yeah, that Imagine video and the Madonna video uh, for the very small portion of the world that is on social media and cares about Madonna. But like that was <laughs> wild when she was because what she said was true. She was like, this just proves we're all in it together. But she was saying it from a bathtub filled with rose petals being shot by like an entire uh, production team that she was endangering by having right. there. And it just like those felt like such crystallizations of everything uh that kind of. and like you're saying that the appearances were like oh this where you're your front you're at your house and everyone be like is that a fucking resort like or <laughs> yeah, is that like some right. palace right and i you know i like knowing people who work in late night there were like producers and other people camera people were having to be more conscious of how they were framing these homes because they were like it's not a great look to like walk around this person's palatial estate right now. Um, Why don't we like, set up the shot on my veranda? Yeah, like I can do it in the um, slaves. I mean, the, the servants quarters <laughs> um, and it'll look more like lo-fi. Yeah. But yeah, like it really is those, you know, seeing this kind of opulence too at a time when people are experiencing like the polar opposite, I think helped, you know, people get slightly out of it not everyone though because you still yeah. see people in those mentions like or comments who are like fighting on their behalf yeah like leave kim alone if she wanted to have a hologram birthday with her dad it's okay i still love you kim and then people are like so many people are like yo you're a fucking weirdo bro get <laughs> off of here and also like fool. feeling sorry for them like that yeah. that they've built their uh you know group consciousness around uh being a fan of a celebrity who doesn't know they right. exist uh anna you were pointing out something that's kind of vaguely related as your story of the year uh yeah i mean my story of the year i think it happened at the beginning of the year was that ellen caught covid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really defined the year it uh, explains her new hair uh, she was trying to hide the fact that she's had COVID for a year. <laughs> I'm just joking. That was uh, that was a choice, though. That hair was a choice. Um, no, I think that really defines the year. I mean, like we've just been watching this um, celebrity 
gaslight us i don't even know but like attempt to gaslight gaslight us in a way where we're like okay we can see you you know what (laughs) i mean like we know what you did and now you're blaming everyone else very strange year for her where she got called out uh it didn't affect anything i guess i don't know i don't know what i i don't know how it hit her in any way and then we um she kept doing ellen and she uh caught covid because yeah. I'm sure she still lives in a bit of a place of like, who me? No. <laughs> you think no, she's right. having an inquisition as to which poor person gave it to her? Right. Oh, and there's you know a I mean? chance. Like, I can't imagine Ellen DeGeneres taking this in stride. She is no. hiding right. thermometers in all her helps butts, okay, yeah. as we speak. You're, they're they're surgically implanted when you accept employment, and they're oh, constantly God. updated. Your rectal temperature just is constantly like a flag available to me right. on my app. That I, I just know someone is being tortured because of this. <laughs> and it's, yeah, right? You know? Yeah. Tortured it's with matchsticks in hidden places. Yeah. Um, other stories that I think had sort of an outsized, I don't know, I I guess could be seen as overrated because they were just like, uh, blew up when they happened and then didn't ultimately matter that much. Trump going to get impeached, Trump getting impeached, uh, and Trump testing positive for COVID both felt like the biggest news in the history of the world when they happened. Um, and then just nothing happened because uh they like i i think we could have known heading in like the, this is where trump derangement syndrome i think is real that we were like so desperate for a win so just like beaten down by uh the day-to-day just like flagrant disrespect for progress and you know our values that this guy put out there and so like it, on his impeachment there, I think there was just a lot of hope there where there probably shouldn't have been because we knew what Mitch McConnell was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he tested positive for COVID, that felt like felt like a defining moment on social media at the time and then uh, just kind of went away. Yeah, um, it's it's a weird one, right? Because so much of that that tone is set by the mainstream media, you know? Right. And even for us, like we, we look at what media is out there and we choose to talk about whatever things. And like a lot of times that's what's being served. And when you really kind of take a step back and you think about MSNBC and CNN and shit, their whole thing was like, yo, we're doing fucking numbers. When the thing coming out of this TV is some sexy fucking conflict impeachment, not the fucking death of working people and like how we can do better. And it's given them a convenient counter counter programming or alternative programming to discuss that when like the reality of the country was definitely one other thing and the covid diagnosis very conveniently wiped out from people's memory trump's famous stand back and stand by line right uh to right. fire up na- white nationalists that story fucking vanished the yeah. second he had covid because the media was too f- having so much fun being like yeah, this thing, blah, blah, blah. And we were guilty of that shit, too, because we're like, oh, look, fucking karma came for this fool. Uh, yeah. And, and you love to see it. But at the same time, we were also sort of like spending the time like, uh, he just had a rallying cry to all these extremists on national television. Yeah. Um, And you see, too, like where how even now, like how they're going to play it. Like, are we going to keep folk? Are they, you know, who's going to keep focusing on Trump? And or is MSNBC just going to keep going like, oh, isn't it so cool that we have like a woke head of ice now? 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no. Like, we're, we're, we've been <laughs> talking about, you guys were all in on talking about how fucked up these things are when Trump was in office. But what happens now when you got Joe Biden in it? Like, what kind of energy are they going to have for any kind of, like, lobbyists entering the cabinet or high, you know, dis- like, high-powered decision-making positions? I'm not sure. Yeah. I will say, though, in regards to the Trump getting COVID, I do feel like we all really, really needed that, like, you're not the father moment, you know? Like, we, <laughs> yeah, like, that, needed totally. to be, like, dancing. <laughs> like, I definitely just, think it was, like, a big and significant moment. I just think it wasn't what we thought it was at the yeah. time, I guess. Yo, we is. were doing those Ghanaian pallbearer memes yeah. and shit. Yeah. It was lit, but, like, I mean, I yeah. was I was doing donuts in the parking lot with my car. You know, That's like, true. it was was you were hanging out that much yes too. i was like beyond those open man yeah like i was living my life i ghost yeah. rode the whip like mm-hmm. i was it Getting was your fizz on and you know, yeah i was maybe like 24 hours full of joy before i realized oh this nah. is gonna not do anything he'll survive it and we're fucked but it was still like that 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 fucking two hours of pleasure Mm. I got maybe a year's worth of serotonin off that. <laughs> yeah, I think like, it is slightly underrated what that did for our psyches yeah. on a certain level. Because, ev- I mean, people were like, yo, what? I remember, <laughs> I forget who sent it through our text thread. And you're like, yo, Trump has COVID. I was like, hey. <laughs> um, like yeah. that, that has not happened all year. Uh, I, I mean, think aside from like, the Lakers winning, that was like the closest I came and the <laughs> FA Cup for Arsenal. I feel like but. it was the peak drunk on the dopamine hit treadmill that social media put us on with this president. It was like we're, we were just fully off that energy. It really, like, ev- my mom, my, per- like, old Persian immigrant mother, like, devout Muslim woman sent me a photo of Alec Baldwin as Trump chugging bleach. Like, my mom, who's, like, so, like, I don't make fun of death, yeah. like, is, like, <laughs> like that I don't woman. deal in memes. Yeah, like, she doesn't, she's always, like, pray for everyone. Even right. she was, like, look at this fool about to chug bleach. <laughs> like, that's. I mean, it hit. It hit. She's over hard. here asking you. She's like, "I'm it trying is. to make a wild ass video. How do I rotoscope this shit in Adobe?" And you're like, "What? Rotoscope? You're editing video now?" She's like, "This meme's gonna be lit." Sorry. Yeah, you gotta see this. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And we're back. And just getting off of the. Trump subject for a moment because he did mm. fully dominate the year. But uh, one thing that was uh, kind of became a big thing for a couple weeks, I feel like, was the invasion of the Japanese murder hornets. Um, Man, you had me for a second at? until you said hornet. I was like, <laughs> the invasion of the Japanese. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> hornet? <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think our. Our brain was in alarm mode because we're living through a global pandemic. So we're like locked into threats and just on high alert. And then this story comes across and it's an amazing like creature for sure. Um, but it it's also a like media panic that we've had like for decades now with like African killer bees and I don't know and sharks. It's like maybe we just agree that anything to do with bees hornets and sharks we just assume it's an overblown local news story until it's actually physically attacking us right 
There's something about, I think, cause we all have like that fear of being stung by bees as a kid. So like that is just, that will always be inbuilt. We're like, whoa, murder. What the fucking what? Huh? Right. So it plays on that very, very well. Uh, but you know, people who've been on the internet, we've known about these murder hornets. Okay. Yeah, that video was popping on the internet like years ago. Uh, what was it like? Murder hornets versus bees? Like that yeah. video, where they just come through the hive and they're like, yo, we're fucking breaking y'all in half with our fucking pincers. And I was like, this is, this is tight and I don't want it anywhere near me. But you know, one of sure. our first super popular, uh, cracked articles was what well, one of the list items was, was murder hornets and hmm. how many people they kill. And that video, just based around that, that video is, uh, legendary, yeah. iconic. And I think just, for most people, I think the people who probably it resonated with are the ones who saw the, like, because when I was like, yo, I know about that. It's right. not just a weird name. I've seen this thing and they fuck bees up like they're little, you know, Cheeto puffs. Uh, right. This is not a game, but no. Whatever. May I ask, did they just go away? Like what happened? I think the story in the first place was that one of them had been spotted. Like literally uh, it was like one was yeah. found or... uh yeah, that the, they, that their existence had been detected on our lands, and, right? And and by go away, I mean did they buzz off? Hey. All right, and that's our show, wow. folks. Uh, <laughs> playing a little hive and seek, maybe. Uh, but yeah, they. I, it does seem uh, that the honeybees are using poop now to ward off the murder hornets. That's the new, latest headline I've read. Same, Hell dude. yeah. Yeah. Take a take a note out of that book. I mean, look, <laughs> out of Steve Bannon's book, bro, flood the zone with shit. <laughs> flood the right. zone with shit, baby. <laughs> Works, I guess, in fighting murder hornets too for the bees. So Bannon's maybe some wisdom the, in that. The beehive. Yeah. Bannon's mm. got his own. All right. What else? What else was overrated this year? I said right before the world went into lockdown that we could use a global snow day. Um, yeah, I remember that shit. Yeah. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, thanks, yeah. everyone. Swish, uh, you're swish, welcome. Fish. Swish, swish. Uh, that was an uh, all-time bad take. Uh, <laughs> what but you know, idiot. I would love for someone to hold you responsible for COVID because you said on a podcast that humanity needed a second because capitalism was crushing everyone. Yeah. It's like, those are all still true now, no I matter what. I still get some tweets every once in a while, people being like, hey, you still think we can use that global snow day, bro? Um. So, th- but also shout out to those people. Accountable. Like, do y'all think Jack could say something that would change this now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could, but you know, you know, I, I think the country needs to get back to work. That's just my <laughs> two cents. Um, mm-hmm. I also feel like this is a very half baked take, but a lot of the just ki- people being like kids are missing an entire year of school, and like kids think it's. I'm a little bit worried about how the. Uh, pandemics affecting one of my kids because he like washes his hands many many times and also asks why people aren't wearing masks in movies but like kids are super resilient I feel Mm -hmm. like and it's the parents and the older people who are failing to to hold it together in a lot of respects so I don't know I guess it remains to be seen how how this is going to impact things over the long term but I I do have faith in like the plasticity of you know, the minds of the, the youngest among yeah. us. I mean, I biologically, think right. I think there's that, but then like also just the inequities between the students of this country are also being Absolutely. just on full display. Like on one hand, 
so many kids who aren't going to be like who can't log in to go to school and like right. the percentages are so high based on like what your parents income is like how likely you are yeah. to actually perform in online learning so yeah it's it's freaking like i don't know if like we're going to be like yo that's that those are those kids that miss sixth grade you know like 20 <laughs> years from now right but I, you know, I I am very curious to see because I think even with like younger children in my family too, I look at them like, damn, I, I it's weird because we couldn't begin to know we have no context for anything like this. You know, right. like from exactly. our upbringings, like we got out of academia like damn near fifteen years ago. So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Speak on one side, yourself. I'm like, I would be loving it if I was a kid, but that was probably the first week, and now Speak you're like, yourself. this is fun. <clears throat> I'm 21. Okay, but I, well, I do think that it's... Yeah, what's I, going I, on with the kids, Anna? I'm curious. Oh, let me tell you. So like TikTok, baby? No, okay. Ooh, um, I will say I, I do wonder when I will stop being like, oh, when I see someone too close to someone else in a movie these days. I like yeah. have genuine like, oh, my, why would you sit on a bench next to that person? Yeah, but it's right. like clearly in a different, you know, like it's in a different universe. So it's like, but I, no matter what, I'm like, oh, she just kissed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The no. it's really interesting to look back at how because the this has been a somewhat similar experience to the 1918 pandemic mm-hmm. and including like the government just being like fight through it. It's we we've been we've been <laughs> that country. Uh mm. but like people it's really weird how people who grew up in that like don't really write about it that much like it there are news articles but there it doesn't really like influence that many novels and like right i think it's underrated how little we know about like what the cultural uh legacy of COVID Mm -hmm. is going to be um it might be less like movies specifically about plague and pandemic and more you know i I think one underrated thing is like how it's affected just like mental health uh Mm. you know and awareness around it too yeah yeah yeah, I wonder how that'll go, or maybe they'll just ignore it, like it never happened. Dude, That's I what they did with nineteen eighteen. Yeah, right. they're like, I don't guess. talk about that. I don't, I don't make it hot now and bring Makes up sense. facts. I think you know it's probably like uh, the knock on effects of the you know the the roaring twenties happening after the the pandemic or influenza pandemic. Right. Like, I have a feeling we're gonna just see it more in what our values are and like what we even define as living. I think that's going to be the real interesting piece of like how it changes our perceptions on like the definitions or like accepted norms around such things. Like, are we going to embrace our own interests more and be like, fuck it, man, life's too precious to me to for fucking this stuff. I have to really live my life or are people going to be more restrained, more scared, more reckless. I don't, that's the thing that will be interesting to see how we come out the other side. Yeah. I think there's a, like kind of in line with that, there is a underrating of the progress, you know, very painful progress that was made in 2020 at the level of like, you know, grassroots, like people on the streets doing things with Black Lives Matter, with the Sanders campaign having uh, more success than any like socialist campaign in the history of the country. Uh, and all of those things are being written off by the mainstream media as you know black lives matter almost cost the democrats the election and like they need to change their branding around defund the police and the sanders campaign like you really like can't find anybody even talking about 
like that as a as a success uh, at this point. Like mm-hmm. you can't even find anybody like remarking on it. It's just like it went into a memory hole uh, that we're just not reflecting on. And I think you know the like what you were talking about the Roaring Twenties. Like I I think there is the possibility that you know progress is being made in a painful way and it's happening in response to the right leaning like government and media apparatus running the fucking train into the ground. But you know, that, that is what happened in the thirties. Uh, and that was when we finally had like some social change and the new deal. But, uh, I, I just, it'll be interesting to see how the, what the response is here because they had, I feel like stronger institutions and better media and, there's a chance this will just keep getting worse and forcing uh, progress slowly by slowly. Yeah. It's interesting to even look. I was looking at the Google Trends for the year and under the category how to help, how to help Black Lives Matter was second to how to help Australia fires in this country. Mm. Wow. And I think that's very indicative um, overall of like where we're at, like just through search traffic. There was more interest around you know, the fires, which obviously were a terrible thing that occurred, but, you know, dealing with the perceptions of systemic racism in this country and knowing that it's like, "Mm, well, right. Maybe the, maybe the Australian fires are a little bit more dire, but I think that's another thing that's underrated to me is I just feel like there's, I'm hoping that we can have more of a discourse around like that. We've sort of lost our sense of humanity in this country. Yeah. And I know it's out of self-preservation. I mean, you can only look at catastrophic loss of life on a daily basis and have to begin to compartmentalize to be able to move through your day. But there's something like there's really an illness in this country of our inability to look after each other. And while many people are able to do that on a human to human level, so much of what's happening is being dictated by people who really are do not embody that feeling or are so disconnected from their sense of duty to another person that it's only just magnifying the imbalance in the country. And it's uh, it's something like I wish more people would be able to talk about as like a, a really big f- fucking hole um, in our national identity. Uh, I think, of like, yeah. yeah. I think we're, that's where, like there's a lot of like cults and obsession with cults and watching people who got into cults and then like, you know, Trump forming his own death cult, like, I think we're seeing, like, because we're, as a culture and as a country, uh, you know, deprived of being able to identify with our fellow humans and uh, group, not just activities like in person, but just, I think it's been happening for a long time. We're so individualistic in America and, like, the way we're getting our group identification out is, like, in these really unhealthy unhealthy ways i think we're going to talk about that and trends a little bit more uh let's take one more break and then we'll come back and close this thing out and we're back uh and dj daniel uh what what is something that you think was underrated from this year a story that you feel Um, like well, so, so just we were talking about the uh, be- the beginning of the year, basically. This is kind of, you know, attaching to the Australia wildfires as well. But we had uh, the assassination of that Irani general, Soleimani. It was like that really seemed like a 
a, a trigger on the end of the or, uh, on the end of the Trump campaign or the Trump presidential uh, era where he was like, I'm going all out, baby. Like this is I, I'm 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 flexing my presidential muscle right. here and being like this, you know, the strong president and doing this thing where people were like, you are about to literally start a conflict in the world. You're about to start another world conflict right here. And that also kind of just, you know, went away, I feel like. I, I think there's been like small responses, of course, and but uh, overall, it felt like that was just came and went. Yeah, well, because the, the zone gets flooded with flooded shit. Flooded with shit. You know, and yeah. that's the hard bit. And it's funny because like on one level, you could have the Democratic leadership or media like really stay focused on certain things. Like, yo, this other shit's bullshit. We need to right. talk about this thing. Um, right. But- Everyone sort of at the, you know, kind of goes with like the trend flow at times. And yeah, like we get these, we get these moments where we're like, mm, well, I, I would say it, maybe the Soleimani stuff went for us, but I'll tell you, honey, it did hmm. not go for Iran. I would no. keep in st- our eyes. Oh, Iran is still like the official stance pissed. of Iran is we have not avenged his death. Yes. Why exactly. fucking I? So, Just so you're biting, like, biting their <laughs> what time. Was that? I no, think they're actually hoping. There. They're probably hoping that the rest of the country feels the way I just described, being like that thing. I think we'll truly find out how they feel when Biden tries to reset up kind of like a nuclear plan again. I think things will Mm. it will start to be like, well, well, you did murder that guy. So this is kind of what we want in return. I think they will play it kind of strategically because, hey, man, we're Persian. So which one of your guys do we get to murder? If we're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, hey, you... can you give us a list, like a punch card or something? <laughs> it's like, what? And then the the only other thing out of my list that felt, I don't know, like it it's, doesn't feel like it happened in a different year, but it does feel like it was the end of a story that we'd been tracking and like the first step in a movement is the Weinstein verdict uh, and the fact that, you know, uh, he's, gonna die in jail now hopefully um but in a world that felt like it was just bad news for progress over and over again this was like uh, a good news story that we you know we're in the middle of uh bad bad news too much to fully i feel like embrace what are you gonna say on oh no i was just saying bears every time you said bad news (laughs) Mm-hmm. Walter Matthau. Bad news bears, you guys. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> was bad news bears. No, I mean every time someone says bad news, you gotta drop bears. Bears, yeah. right? Walter really Matthau. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I mean, it's nice to see that there's those sea changes we were feeling occurring years ago are like continuing. Although, like you know, then like you saw all the controversy with how the money was being spent within Times Up uh, and that organization, and they're like, oh, y'all were just throwing money away and not really getting a lot of the better shit done that you could have but i think that's like any organization that finds itself flush with cash and you know a, not a great leadership structure at time to time you know shit gets a little wacky yeah yeah as in, even with black lives matter now like so many of the local chapters are now like complaining to the like sort of main office to be like where's the transparency what is going on who who are you what are we what's going on here um so you know yeah the saga continues I guess one other thing that I feel like has degraded or changed and we're going to see it more and more in the next year is like the Trump administration 
created like a new mainstream media that was like all focused on Trump and all focused on, you know, I don't know. It was just, we started relying on social media and the promise of the premise of social media. And then those all got turned into surveillance ad firms. And then the mainstream media is less in touch with the humans it's supposed to serve than ever before. And right. now we have this insulated like gentry class mainstream media who can't think outside of their bubble of like college educated liberal arts graduates and Ted talk. Or who come from like generational wealth. Like I know yeah. people who are on MSNBC yeah. and they didn't grow up rough. They right. went to very expensive schools in this city and yeah. do not, I mean, as much as like I know they are connected with the real like plight of working human beings, there is just something of like the origin stories of a lot of the people that are dictating our policies and our media coverage that has so disconnected from that part of it. Um, and we're just we're getting fed like this fed back this weird version of the country that is very strange and not really real for most people. Yeah. So I don't there's going to have to be a reckoning there because we're you know, entering a new world where the world is not just fully has its head in the toilet of the Trump administration and is, uh, you know, able to actually look a little bit more clear headed at the problems and how we're uh, covering them. And yeah, because MSNBC, kind of I don't know what like everyone was doing well from just a arcane, barbaric ratings perspective. You know, right. not like what good they were doing, but how many people were watching and everyone had their version, whether it's Fox News as, you know, leading the charge against Obama or being Trump's cheerleader or MSNBC. They really found their place in CNN and being like, we are the resistance, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and this is where you're going to get it. Without that, I'm not sure, you know, what the programming is going to look like. If, yeah. if they insist on going with Trump, like, come the fuck on. Like, this is it, it's not doing anything. And you'd hope I mean, I don't know how much it's going to happen, but you'd see there'd be a lot of opportunities for the media to have very objective criticisms of this presidency up, upcoming administration and be able yeah. to voice those in a responsible way to people being like, you know, we can do better than having like literal manifestations of Raytheon dictate our defense policy. Uh, yeah. We can do better than people coming from like the cesspit of old school agribusiness heading up the USDA. You know, there's a lot of these things where we could have change, but you'd you'd hope like, you know, they were very willing to talk about that when it, the shoe was on the other foot. But I'm, you know, you'd, you'd hope, I don't know, but it, Rachel Maddow's openings are probably less sexy when she's not talking about like, you know, whatever the scandal du jour is versus like right. uh we're failing the entire country our leaders are entirely are failing us right. i'm trying to lead as a journalist to report on how awful the lived experience is of many people yeah. all right anything else anybody wants to cover before we uh bid adieu to listeners let's bid adieu bid adieu <laughs> i bid a dude once we out <laughs> uh all right guys that is gonna do it for uh this special year-end holiday issue we are back tomorrow with another one of these uh where we're gonna be looking at the the streaming content we knew and loved uh and we're gonna talk to y'all then uh have a good day uh <laughs>
Uh, And we will talk to y'all then.